Playlist of Life podcast. I'm Eliana. And I'm Molly. Today we're going to be talking all about us, our podcast. It's been two years. Which is crazy to me. Almost to the day since we started, so we wanted to talk a little bit about what the process was like and how we started and looking back. So before we get into all of that, we're going to start our episode the way we always do, with songs that we've been loving recently. Yeah, so my song of the week is Poison Poison by Renee Rapp. I have become such a Renee Rapp fan. Like, all of her songs are amazing, but also her as a person, she's so funny. Anyone who's seen any of her interviews knows that she says the most out-of-pocket things. <laughs> All of her interviews with Chris Briney promoting the Mean Girls movie, he looks terrified every time she opens her mouth, and I love it. And this song specifically, it's so fun. It's such a good song to scream to in the car. I highly recommend getting into Renee Rapp if you haven't. Her vocals are amazing. She started off on Broadway. She won the Jimmy Awards in 2018, went to Broadway, and she's just such a powerhouse, and I'm such a big fan of her and this song. And then my song, so... I'm going to let everyone know something that I've been hiding, and... I don't think it's too big of a secret. I feel like it's predictable. I am not proud, but here we go. I've been watching Glee. She is a Gleek. (laughs) So, Molly and our friend Haley told me that I shouldn't watch Glee. They were like, you're gonna love it, whatever. I'd watch, like, maybe a clip or two, or, like, an episode when I was really young, but I didn't like it. Or I didn't really give it a chance at all. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm looking for a show to watch. I need something stupid, lighthearted, like, whatever. Let me try it. She watched the entire show within a span of a month. I'm not even kidding. Okay, I'm not done yet. I still have a season left, so don't tell me. Don't say the whole show. But I have sort of powered through it. Um, I do, okay, not, ooh, kind of crazy, sorry to say, but I do skip most of the singing songs. I think everyone does that. Which is why it's, t- it's quicker because if an episode is 30 minutes like it's really only takes me 15 to 20 minutes to listen because I'm skipping through all the songs if it's like a song that I know all the words to or like advancing the plot or something I will listen and usually I'll do the first 10 seconds last 10 seconds something like that to get a feel and sometimes if they're like performing at a competition I'll listen you're trying to like save your reputation here (laughs) well I just told everyone that I'm watching Glee so I don't know but I'm I also was a Gleek, and she's returning me back to my phase. I watched it in sixth grade, and I'm now listening to the soundtrack every day. I blame her. So, well, I blame Molly. So, I really love it. It's, like, such a fun show. There's, like, serious bits, but, like, it's overall just, like, a really lighthearted, fun show to watch, and, like, it's easy to get invested with the characters. I'm in season six now, which is the last season, and, like... It goes downhill. It goes downhill. I really think they should have ended it. Like, at this point, like slight spoiler for Glee it's not really but they already went to New York and now they're back at McKinley and it's like it just feels like it's dragging on they've introduced some new characters but they don't have a lot of like depth to them except there's this um character Spencer and I was racking my brain I was like I know him from somewhere I know him from somewhere so I looked it up he's the he's the robot from how to build a better boy (gasps) Oh my god! <laughs> and I he forgot plays about that like movie. the new the fo- the football kid who joins the Glee club the third time around. This is like the third set of new kids that they're introducing. Yeah. Anyway, so 
I really like the show. I'm, like, obsessed. I love the characters. Like, it's just so fun. And now are you going to reveal your song for yes. everyone? Sorry, that was a, a bit of a ramble, but I needed a, an outlet for my love for Glee. So my song is Somewhere Only We Know. Glee version, sing, sung by Darren Chris. I love Darren Chris, and I love this song. Oh, my God. So good. Again, slight spoiler for Glee, kind of. So skip 10 seconds if you haven't watched and go turn on Disney+. Plus. But, um... This song, Blaine sings to Kurt when he's, like, going back to McKinley and, like, leaving Dalton. And, like, I think they're dating at this point. Yeah. So, it's just, like, such a fun song. And I honestly, I like this song, Summer Only We Know. It was, like, it was a song we played a lot at camp, so I did listen to, like, the original version. Um, but when I listened to this version, it was, like, even better. I already liked the original, and now this, I will listen to the this over the original every time. It's... It has so much emotion and, like, the riffs and stuff. Like, it's so good. There are a select few songs, including this one from Glee, that are better than, ori- than the original. Like, this, Smooth Criminal, um, the Survivor, I Will Su- Survive mashup. And there are a few more that are just, like, 10 out of 10 songs. I love them all. So, that's my song. It's I really think it's better than the original, 100%. Um, and getting into our little pop culture segment that we do every week, we're going to start by talking about the Mean Girls movie. So this was just released a little bit ago. I am not a fan, personally. I went to saw, see it twice, so maybe it sounds like it's the opposite, but I thought it was awful, to be perfectly honest. Renee Rapp and Ali Cravoyo are the only things holding this movie together, personally. So I actually haven't seen the movie yet. Don't. <laughs> After Molly's um, review, I don't know if I will. I think I might wait until it comes out, but it's also like a fun thing to do to go to the movies, so... Maybe I will see it, but I think, I think from what I've heard from Molly and from others and from, like, social media, like, rhetoric about it in general, it really sounds like they're just trying really hard to be cool and, like, hip. Because the word hip to me is so encompassing of what, of what it means, because it's like, you're trying so hard to be cool, but you're not. Yeah. And that's what I feel like the word hip is, like, it. It's, it means cool, but no one actually uses it, and it's yeah. not cool. And I feel like they're trying to, like, involve TikTok. And, like, I would be I would not be surprised. I don't think this is true, but I wouldn't be surprised if there were, like, Stanley Cups in it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's really trying to be a, a time capsule of 2024, and I don't think that we're ready for that yet. Yeah, so there are some scenes that were very questionable. TikTok's, TikTok came up so many times. They had some TikTokers mentioned in it, like Chris Olsen. He was in it a few times. And also... Okay, this, if you haven't seen this, it, it, the movie, it isn't really a spoiler, but at one point towards the end where um, Regina George is, like, throwing the papers and everyone's, like, scavenging around the school, like, trying to see all of the pages from the burn book, instead of the actual book being passed around and pages flown around the school, there was one book found and someone takes pictures of it and, like, is showing people, and it's, it feels too real that it, I just can't, it, we're not ready for it. Like, it felt like Tina Fey said that she was talking to her 18-year-old kids when coming up with ideas for this movie. Clearly, like, she took it too literally. Like, I'm sorry, but I couldn't do it. And also, for those of you who don't know, the movie is a musical. And it kind of failed at being a musical. They have half of the amount of songs of the original, which I get it, there's a time frame. You can't have a four-hour-long movie. But the ones that they kept in, they a lot of them sounded auto-tuned. 
and just were changed completely. Like, I'm sorry, and Gory Rice, the person who plays Katie, she seemed like a fine actor, fine actress. She can't sing. Don't hire a lead in a movie musical who does not know how to sing. Uh, I'm sorry with my little rant, but I, I just couldn't take this movie. Renee Rapp and Ali Carvalho, their vocals were amazing. They were both so strong, such powerful characters. The movie would be nowhere without the two of them. What are your thoughts on Chris Briney? He did what he needed to. I think he the character didn't need to sing, and he didn't. And I think it was fine. He He's kind of like a prop. <laughs> he's kind of just there, like, I'm not gonna lie, but that's what he needed to be. The character doesn't have that much emotional depth, and, mm. like, his acting didn't really either. He did what he needed to do. He wasn't great, he wasn't terrible. He was kind of just, he was there, and it was good. It is crazy to see him in something that's not The Summer I Turned Pretty. Like, I yeah. know he's done other stuff, but he's just so The Summer I Turned Pretty that, like, I, it's Conrad, you know what yeah. I mean? No, it, it also, like, I saw it, it was like, oh, Conrad Fisher, like, hi! Yeah. Um, and in all of his interviews, like, it, it's just so funny. I always imagine it as, hi- like, him and Renee Rapp, I just imagined, like, him and Lola Tong. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, some other drama that's been going on recently is that the Oscar nominations just came out. And there wasn't that much to write home about, but the the internet sort of blew up at this, like, crazy level when the nominations for Barbie came out. So Barbie did get some nominations. I think it got eight, I believe. Which is a lot. Yeah. Best Picture among these. Best Picture, Best Original Song, and Best Actor. For... Um, and Best Supporting Actress. Yes. So America Ferreira is nominated for Best Supporting Actress, which I think is... Amazing. Amazing. She was great in this movie. And I think we talked about this earlier on, like around the time that the Barbie movie came out, but a lot of people were saying that like millennial cringe and like that kind of thing at her speech at her speech that she does in the movie where she talks about how hard it is to be a woman within the patriarchy and I think the consensus that Molly and I came to was yes it does feel a little bit overdone and it does feel a little bit like something you would see on a sign in in a TJ Maxx right like it has a little bit of that feel but I think that that that's good The, the the idea that talking about this and talking about how, like, the double standards that women are held to and all of that, and, like, the hip- hypocrisy that they face, the fact that that is something that, that we overdone. feel like is so overdone is actually a really good thing that we're bringing attention to all of these issues. And I also think that, like, yes, for us, it feels so overdone because this is, like, the world that we're living in and this is the, um, like as teenagers and, like, as people of Gen Z, like, we're being, we are actively looking to dismantle these systems, and I think that there's a lot of talk about it, so when it's packaged together the way that Amanda Ferreira did it, sorry, America Ferreira did it in the movie, it seems a little overdone, cringe, but I actually think for a lot of people, for older generations and stuff like that, um, I think that it is really useful and, like, really important to be talking about, so amazing for best supporting actress yeah and then ryan gosling was um nominated for best actor mm-hmm. and this is when the internet blew up the internet blew up and everyone was like greta 
Gerwig, Margot Robbie were not nominated. In their Ryan, respective categories. But Ryan Gosling was. We're living the plot of the movie. This is cr- this is horrible. Like, did they not watch the movie? Whatever. And I think at first, I had this so- almost I, the exact same I reaction. I had the exact same reaction. I was livid at the fact that Greta Gerwig did not get nominated for Best Actress. For Best Director, there's only one woman nominated for Best Director. And they're like, I don't think there are any years where it's more than one, if that. Um, and then Margot Robbie didn't get nominated for Best Actress. But then, as I was thinking about it, and like, Eli Rello made a TikTok, so I'll give her yes. credit too, but I think that this is sort of the rhetoric. There was a, a lot of big outrage. Yeah. And then I think it turned into people really looking at the situation, and the the... There are still people who are really mad and running with that, like, we're living the plot of the movie sort of mm-hmm. idea, but I think that the rhetoric has changed a little bit, and we'll, sh- we'll talk about where Molly and I stand, but basically, I think I think the Greta Gerwig thing is a different conversation. Yes. Because I think when we look at the movie, like, if this movie only got one Oscar, I think it should be for Best Director. Yeah. Because the weight between, like the marketing campaign around it that I think she was very pivotal in and the way that all of the all of them acted and the way that the movie co- sort of corresponded and the sets and I think that I think that w- if anyone else had directed this movie it would have looked very different. Oh, I agree. And I think she pulled the movie together. She like carried it on her hands, I think. Exactly. And since this is not a gendered category and it's just best director, I do think that there's a conversation about not enough women being represented yeah. and you know, whether or not she deserved it, I think she does deserve a nomination. Yes, and we're not saying that, oh, like, she should be nominated and the other woman who was nominated shouldn't be. They both should be. Like, I haven't seen most of the movies nominated, most of the directors nominated, but this movie, I feel like, played such a pivotal role in last year and in society that I feel like it 100% deserves to... Um, be nominated. I would have expected it to, like, win before the nominations came out. I would have best expected director. her to win for Best Director. I fully, like, would have predicted that. The fact that she wasn't nominated is crazy to me. And I think that, like, there sh- shouldn't only need to be one, like, token female Best Director nominee. Like, if there are great movies directed by great directors, it doesn't matter who directs them, just nominate them. Right. But then I think the Margot Robbie conversation is a little bit different. I agree. Of people getting so upset that she wasn't nominated, which, for the record, I really think she should have been. For sure. But the question is, to say that that's, like, living the plot of the movie and, like, Ryan Gosling, like, whatever, but it doesn't make sense because they weren't up for the same category. Yeah. And It's this not is, one or the other. This is so different from when the movie talks about, or just in general in life, women not getting the same opportunities as men and, you know, not getting the same recognition for doing the same work and all of that. I because think it is women in the category. Because it is Best Supporting Actress and Best Supporting Actor, and those categories are different. So they were competing. Ryan Gosling's win doesn't affect anything about whether Margot Robbie yeah. is, or nomination, whether she's nominated. And I think there's also a conversation about, you know, does this diminish, does this anger at the fact that Margot Robbie didn't get nominated and having that be like this cultural thing patriarchal thing does that take away take away from the people who really did deserve the nominations who i mean i think that they should i think they should all get it i think that margot robbie should be 
added to the list, not exchanged. Yeah. But if if this is the amount that the they usually do, then the question is sort of what. Who else were they going to take out? They couldn't have everyone in the category. Right. And so I think she had did an amazing um, performance as Barbie in this movie. And I haven't seen many of the other movies nominated. But the question is, like, someone has to not be able to be nominated. And so by saying, oh, look, she was snubbed, it's saying that someone else who was nominated didn't deserve it. And, I mean, I haven't seen movies. I don't know. There could have been someone in there who had a terrible performance. I doubt it. But there technically could have been. But it just, it's such like a, trying to build Margot Robbie up is tearing other actresses down. And I think also... We've gotten to this place with social media where, like, everybody feels like they need to make a statement every time anything happens. I think that it happens a lot with, like, social justice movements that people, like, do these posts and they don't really think about it, but they just are like, okay, I can check off the box that I posted something and, you know, that means that I did the right thing and I'm done. Mm -hmm. Um, And they don't really think about it and they just do it. And I think that that has been um, sort of taken on in like, celebrity culture as well with, like, these big apology notes and, like, when people... I think that there's a lot of reasons that people need to do notes app... Like, need to do apologies. They need to apologize something. But when it becomes, like, a notes app apology... It feels very calculated. It feels calculated and it takes away the, um, like, importance of the apology that they're needing to make and the significance of the mistake that they made that they're apologizing for. And so, going back to sort of this whole thing... America Ferreira and um, Ryan Gosling made statements criticizing the Oscars for not nominating Margot Robbie oh, and Greta Gerwig. Seen, I haven't seen America Ferreira's. I've seen Ryan Gosling's. Um, yeah, so this this article is saying that America Ferreira um, did one as well. But I just think... Yeah. Like, Ryan's was great, and I didn't see America's, but... I think their statements are great, but it is technically taking away from other... What did his sort of say, like, the Um, gist? Okay, so basically he said he was honored to be nominated, but there would be no movie without Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie. I can, like, read you this one part of it that stood out to me. But there is no Ken without Barbie, and there is no Barbie movie without Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie, the two people most responsible for this history-making globally celebrated film. No recognition would be possible for anyone on the film without their talent, grit, and genius. To say that I'm disappointed that they are not nominated in the respective categories would be an understatement. And then he basically just went on to say, like, this movie made history all because of them. Like, I'm, and then he goes, I'm happy for America Ferreira and other incredible artists who contributed to the talents of make, who contributed their talents to making this groundbreaking film. And so he's saying, like, the movie was amazing, but they should have been nominated. They pulled it together. And I also think, like, not to diminish Ryan Gosling, like, either. Like, yeah. I think that this, like, I think now if he wins, there's going to be a lot of rhetoric of, like, of course the man won, and, like, people are sort of going to make a meme about it, and, like, winning Best Actor at the Oscars is an insane thing. Yeah, it's a big not, deal. I mean, I don't know if he's going to win. I, I don't know what the what the predictions are, but I think, like, he'd also worked hard on this movie. And when I saw the movie, I sort of felt like, like, with the I'm Just Ken, it sort of felt like they were looking for an Oscar for best. Like, it yeah. sort of felt like it was, like, Oscar fodder. Yeah. Like, his role. Like, I thought that we were all in agreement that sort of, like, his role was sort of to get the Oscar. Like, you know, I, I was not surprised that he was nominated for an Oscar. Like, I thought that was 
the gist. Right, and I also think um, Margot has producing credits, so she is will get a, an Oscar if the yeah. movie wins Best Picture. Yeah, so Margot it, is the executive producer. She would get credits for that, and Greta Gerwig um, wrote it, so she would be... Um, not she would if they won best screenplay they would win for that which also one more thing their uh, grammy and sorry barbie i believe don't call me on this but i believe this is nominated for um best adapted screenplay instead of best original screenplay when people online have had so much discourse about it because what were they adapted from real life and so like there was nothing that this movie was adapted from it was original Oppenheimer was in this category, but Oppenheimer came from, like, a book. There was a book that it was taken from. And so people are like, why is it nominated in this category? It doesn't. It's in the wrong category. Yeah, that's interesting. People are saying because um, because it's coming from this pre-existing characters from Mattel. Yeah. But they didn't have the plot and the, to them. And the Barbie movies, like the cartoon ones. Yeah. But it is different because Oppenheimer, like, the plot was all there. They just had to, like, direct it, produce it, whatever. Yeah. Um, this one, the whole script, the screenplay, brand new. New concepts, new plot. And yeah. so I... But I do think, like, the characters yeah. and, like, the relationship of Ken and Barbie mm-hmm. and, like... So I think it, it makes sense to me. I I wouldn't have done it, but I, I think it's... I, when you think about it, like, it does kind of make sense. Yeah. And then... The other thing is that, like, Hillary Clinton came out with a statement. I saw this. It says, Greta and Margot, while it can sting to win the box office but not take home the gold, your millions of fans love you. You are both so much more than Knuff. Hashtag Hillary Barbie. And I just feel like, aren't there more important things for us to be focusing yeah. on than whether whether Greta Gerwig and, and Margot Robbie won an Oscar? Because I think... If we focus so much on this, like, it, it makes it seem like the biggest things that women have to deal with right now are not being nominated for Best Actress yeah. over other actresses. Yeah. I think it pits women against each other, and I think that this is important discourse to have, I think. For sure. But I think that it's it gets, we lose the plot a little bit of, like, the reason this movie was made and the things that it really talks about, because... Saying we're living the plot of this movie would be, I think, is partly the Greta Gerwig thing. Yes. Because she was up against men and she, her her talent that I think made the Barbie movie what it was and was the reason that it made billions of dollars was not recognized. Yes. I think if she was a man, she wouldn't be able to direct the movie, but also she probably <laughs> would have been nominated. Right. And we don't know and we haven't seen all of the movies that were nominated, but yeah. still. So I think that it's important discourse to have. But I think that we need to make sure to remember that, like, in the end, there are more important things for us to be focusing on right now. For sure. And moving on from that a little, moving on from that little rant, um, something a lot more lighthearted. I, did you guys see the UDA Nationals no. dances? <laughs> it's just you, Molly. No, Molly <laughs> talks about the this. Internet. Okay, I'm not on TikTok, we know this, but Molly has talked about this like it's like, the biggest thing to ever oh, happen, and I can't tell if it's Molly's world or everyone's world. It's everyone's world. I was talking to my whole apes class about this. Or, like, five of us. It's okay. <laughs> um, so, fill us in. So, basically, UDA Nationals is this competition in Florida. It's the National Dance College competition. It's in Division 1A. Um, in that division, 
for the jazz dances, um, Ohio State and Minnesota got the top two, and both of their dances, insane. And so there was a lot of discourse online over, like, which one's going to win. Because Ohio State, people say, was more emotional. They had more storytelling. Versus Minnesota, their technique was so cool. I think Minnesota's better. They did these amazing turns into an aerial, into more turns. They just didn't stop. I can't get over how cool this is. My parents agree that Minnesota's better. I showed them. Um, but I just think, like, to me it's the coolest thing that these people are able to do this. And I love that they've been, like, this has been blowing up online. So I love that they've been getting, like, discourse and, like, conversation about how cool and insane these dancers are. And also, L- for the hip-hop category, LSU, um, their dance to Smooth Criminal also has been getting a lot of recommendations recognition which i thought that dance was amazing i have been listening to smooth criminal on repeat the last two weeks of course it has been the glee version (laughs) but um regardless like these dances were so cool i can't get over it i'm dying to know if people are thinking minnesota or ohio state should have won ohio state did end up winning for jazz in the end and but for palm which is a different routine minnesota got first place and um hip-hop lsu did win but I think it's just so, like, crazy to me, these dancers and the whole, like, conversation about it. It's such a world that, like, we don't even know about, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's very cool. It's, like, sort of giving cheer a little bit, mm. or no? Like, the show? I didn't, I don't think I ever watched the show. I watched, like, an episode. Of oh, okay. Alright, so next pop culture thing, we have two more, um, is... Taylor meeting Jason Kelsey at the football game. I literally, I can't stop watching clips of this. So, Kylie Kelsey and Jason Kelsey, Kylie is Jason's wife, um, were at the game against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. And Taylor was also there, of course. And I loved seeing them having a conversation. On Travis and Jason Kelsey's podcast, they did have a, they did talk about this. And, um, Travis said that Taylor did absolutely love Jason. Um, and I, I, I was just dying seeing, like, the videos of them together having a conversation. I thought it was so funny that if you didn't watch, Jason Kelsey took his shirt off and um, went into the stands. He left. He jumped out, out of the suite. <laughs> and it's so funny to me. Kylie Kelsey, his wife, said that she told him not to do that and to make a good impression <laughs> to Taylor since it was their first time meeting her. And, of course, he did that. But I don't know. I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's really fun to see them interacting. Um, I do think it's crazy that, like, such a high-profile relationship, like, we're sort of getting updates every week mm-hmm. through um, through Travis's podcast. Like, the fact that there's a podcast sort of, like, telling this story as it happens in real time is kind of crazy, and it's, like, an insight to Taylor that we've never seen Never before. had anything like this before. And I also think it's interesting how, like, private she was with Joe compared to how... Because I'm sure that, you know, Travis gets permission from her to say things that he says yeah. on the podcast. So, and, like, it's a big, like, you know, it's a public forum place. So I think it's really interesting to see that. Obviously, like, you sort of really... It's easy to contrast it with yeah. Joe and, and stuff like that. you wonder, was it Joe making the relationship private? Right. Or, like, did Taylor want that? And 
it feels like it was Joe who wanted private and Travis who wanted public, and maybe Taylor's just along for the ride. I don't know. Right. It's really interesting to see the stark difference Yeah. in these two relationships. And, I mean, it's, like, they're kind of getting serious. Like, it's been a while. It's six months-ish? Yeah, because I think the, t- for the time they were first seen together July. wasn't the first time they had met. Yeah, they met in July. Taylor said in her Time Person of the Year interview that, um, what's it called? That they met right after Travis went to the Eras tour and tried to give her uh, the bracelet with his phone the number. With his phone number. He he said on her podcast on his podcast that she turned him down, said that he didn't, said she didn't want to meet him and get the um, bracelet. And she saw that he put her on blast and was like, "Okay, I need to meet this guy." <laughs> that's so funny. So the podcast really was the start of their relationship. So maybe that's really? why she's okay with more of it going on there. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing is this Wizards of Waverly Place reunion. So I saw on Instagram that the guy who plays the brother in Wizards of Waverly Place um, had posted, like, a bunch of clips from the show, and it was, like, something coming soon. I was like, what is this? But there's going to be a Wizards of Waverly Place reunion. Yeah, so um, David Henry, who played, I believe that's what his name is, who played the older brother, um... He, it, it's kind of going to be his show. It's going to be about, like, his life later on. And Selena Gomez's character, Alex Russo, is going to be, like, a special guest star in the first episode, maybe in a few later episodes. Um, but they did say that they talked to the whole... Everyone in the original cast knew about it, knew it was coming. So I wonder if everyone will be guest stars at certain points. Yeah. I mean, I think definitely this is the best thing that ever happened to those two people who have that podcast Mm -hmm. where they recap every episode there's so many of those now like actors who did one big thing and then they go back and do a podcast where they like talk about it yeah and like like sometimes it's a little like okay we get it you were famous for five minutes like the guys from mighty men no! No! <laughs> I mean, I do love them. The guys like, are Mighty Men, Jake Short and Bradley Stephen Perry. I love them. They did I mean, a big hiatus, but I think the podcast is back. I think theirs is different because... Let me tell you why. I, I think it's different. I think that... <laughs> because I love them. No. I think it's different because they're not going back watching Mighty Men each episode and yeah. dissecting things that happened and interviewing other people who are on Mighty Men with them. It's just about them. Yeah. And they know each other from Mighty Med. They talk to other people who've done shows. Like, they talk to um, the guy who plays Ben from Never Have I Ever yeah. and um, the uh, PJ from Good Luck Charlie. Oh, but they like, did talk to him? But that episode wasn't, like, a Good Luck Charlie episode. It yeah. was about them. And so I think it's more about being actors in the industry. They've also done multiple things. Yeah. Like Ant Farm and Mighty Med. Mighty Mad and Good Luck Charlie, which was my entire childhood. Exactly. So I feel like it's different because they're not sort of trying to just, like, relive this, like, Mighty Mad fantasy or whatever. And so, for example, like, the podcast for Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide is... It's so, like, trying to harness that thing that they once had. And I don't blame them. Like, I would too, probably. But... I think for the people who were doing the... Also, I haven't listened to full episodes, just clips. But um, I think the ones who were doing the ones for Wizards of Waverly Place, like, I'm sure this is, like, the best day of their lives because, first of all, it gives them so much more fodder for their podcast. And two, I'm sure they're going to be on the show, and that's so exciting. Yeah. To be able to relive this in a real way. And so 
Um, I do wish Selena was going to be in more. I think we should, we'll see, like, how much of it she's going to be in. Mm-hmm. Do we know what the plot is going to be? Yeah, so I think they said, like, um, the older brother has a family, is married, and a young wizard comes to him looking for help in some oh. way. And so he has to, like, mentor this young so wizard. So is he, like, living in hum- human, like, not wizard area? Didn't he, like, lose his wizard powers, powers at the end in, of the like, show? In, like, the movie or something? Yeah, because it was, like, him or Selena, like, only one of them could have it. In that big movie where they had to, like, go into the woods. <laughs> Wait, I watched this movie before I ever watched the show. This is, like, the, my, like, introduction to Disney Channel. I need to go rewatch this now. But, yeah, I think he lost his powers. So I don't know how they're going to play this. Yeah. We'll That's see. so interesting. But I guess if that would make sense that a wizard would come to him if he's not a wizard anymore, but then he can still sort of be in the world. Also, I'm, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure Bridget Mendler was in the show as, like, his girlfriend at one point, is what someone said. <gasps> can they please, can Maybe she please go back Maybe she was talking about when she said the big things are coming. I could be very wrong, but. No, I feel like I've heard this. But this does beg the question, if any of the Disney Channel shows from our childhood could have a reunion, what show would you want? Oh my god, she was in it. She brought up the photo. Yeah. Ah, that would be crazy. Maybe that's his wife. Maybe. Can they please be married? Wait. I would actually cry. <laughs> I need, like, I need her to go back to her acting career, go back to Disney Channel, and have, like, be a law, whatever she's doing, like, Like science, queen. woman in STEM, and woman in law. Yeah. Um, literally love her, but. But, so what show would you want to do? Good luck, Charlie. Day? Oh. Uh, thousand percent on the same page it's yeah. it's um charlie and she's watching the videos and she lets it kind of like go through her life that show lends itself so well to reboot like I agree and bridget mandler like doesn't even really she need doesn't to be need on to it in a big way whether either they use the clips they have i don't know if they have ones that would work to be full because like there's not that many clips of her really talking to the camera for from each episode there's one clip per episode usually right like the big thing right from the end so either she could easily they could use those clips and she doesn't even need to be in it but also like she's not gonna record more now because she looks different than she did however many years ago that's true 10 plus years ago that's true yeah because i was thinking she wouldn't have to even be there she could film from wherever she is like from her dorm at school yeah. <laughs> from Harvard. <laughs> um, but I don't even think they need to do that. Honestly, it could be Charlie's life. She has this scenario, whatever, at the end of the episode. Um, she, like, you can see her, like, on her computer. You don't even need to see the clips. You can see her on her computer, like, watching something. It's the video of Good Luck Charlie, of Teddy saying, like, Good Luck Charlie, whatever. And at the end, she, like, records a video that's like, Thank you, Teddy. Yeah, I think that would be so cute and, like, the perfect thing. Um, they would really only need to bring back, like, her, the parents, and, like, the younger brother, honestly. You can say the rest of them are I'm sure Bradley Stephen Perry would do it. Oh, I'm sure like, he would, too. I'm but... sure. Oh, you mean the younger, younger. Yes, Toby. Toby. They did do an episode like that in, in Good Luck Charlie. Yeah. Um, where they just, like, hired other people to be older Toby and older Charlie. Mm-hmm. So, it's obviously on their radar as a possibility, but I just, I feel like they would have done it by now. I mean, maybe not, because Wizards of Waverly Place happened before Good Luck Charlie happened. That's true. And if that's getting a reboot, like... That's interesting. The other question for me is, like, who is this Wizards of Waverly Place reboot for? Is it for the... 
people who watched it as kids who are now our age or mostly older because I feel like Wizards of Waverly we Place and the back end of it. Right. So like we're more good luck Charlie Jesse, like that sort of thing. Austin Nally. Right. Which we'll get to that because reboot, please. Please. Um <laughs> No but Rosalind, please. <laughs> no, but so is it for those people who are mostly in their twenties and thirties now? Or is it for kids now? Yeah. I think that's the problem with reboots in general. There have been so many, like, attempts at e- reboot, and the problem is that they never know who it's aiming for because half of the reboots is really just trying to salvage nostalgia from the original, and so in that case, you want the original actors. But then, I mean, the original viewers who are, like, in their 20s, 30s, whatever. But a lot of the times, it's the same, like, type of show, the same quality, and so, like, as a 30-year-old, you're not going to be watching a Disney Channel show every day. Like, right. So, the question is, it's still going to be a Disney Channel show. It's still going to be, like, right. it's aimed for 8-year-olds. But it is also trying to salvage the nostalgia and bring back. Yeah, so I wonder if it's going to be more, like, Raven's Home vibes. Raven's Home, I feel like, was more aimed for today's youth than... That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Where, like, it technically is a reboot, but... It, haven't they all left or something by now? I haven't watched it. I don't know. But... But it's a reboot, but it's really more about the kids, and she's just, like, still there, and then the kid also has the psychic powers like she and, does. And also, like, Bunked, where I'm, all of the original oh, cast yeah. left, like, they're gone. I think that Bunked originally, like, for the first couple of seasons, was great, because the people who would watch Jesse were still around to watch Bunked. Yeah, I think it came out, like, a year after Jesse. Yeah, ended. and it was something new and fresh, and it could invi- involve new characters, but they didn't have to, like whatever, and then, like, De- um, Debbie Ryan wasn't there, right? No. So it was a really good way to, like, pivot from Jesse, and, like, it made sense. They are going to summer camp. Yeah. But I think they've gotten so far, like, like this bunked is what happened to the original plot of the movie. Yes. Like, I don't even think there's a single character still there other than Willow or whatever her name was, and I think it's ending now, but I think they just, like... It has to. <laughs> they really, like... When, like, they should have stopped while they were ahead after a season or two or three max. Yeah. And I think they're at, like, six as or seven As soon as, like, Caden List, Sky Jackson, like, as soon as they all left, like, there's no need for the show anymore. Exactly. The whole point of the show is to be a reboot, and so if you lose all the original characters, then exactly. it's just a new show. Exactly. And, like, maybe it worked for the kids who really liked Bunked and who would never watch Jesse in the first place, because I think there is a way to transfer through characters in a cohesive way if you do it well but it just seems silly not to just make an entirely new show at this point yeah which i think they're doing i think the bunked is almost done i think this is the last season whether it's already aired or i didn't it's even airing. know it was still going but it went for a long time much longer than it needed to i think they're really beating the de- a dead horse with that yeah. and now to get into our topic of the episode yes <laughs> 38 minutes of rambling time, but that's what we love to do here. Of course. Um, We just want to take a little bit to talk about how we started our podcast and, like, sort of our tips, um, because we have been doing this for two years. Um, So, yeah. So, the biggest thing we'll start is how we, like, came up with this idea and, like, the inspiration and everything like that. So, I think it was New Year's in 2022, I believe. Yeah, like, January, um, January. December 2021 to January 2022. Yeah, and so I remember we were talking, like, on, like, January 1st or 2nd or something very early in the year, and we were both, like, you know what, like, b- on both of our resolutions, it's to, like, start a podcast or do something, like, cool, like, why not? Like, we have nothing, like, it's a fun little outlet to talk about 
things we like. And, like, Molly and I have so many of the same interests with music and TV shows we like and celebrities we like and everything like that. And so we thought it would just be really fun. I had been listening to the Girly Girl podcast with Carmen Applegate, and she was just a girl who was started making a podcast and got a following and made it just continue making episodes and she was the first person that I saw who had started a podcast um without having prior like fame being an influencer or celebrity or something and I thought to myself like why not us like it's really fun it would be a great outlet for us to be able to talk about all these things that we love and so we were like let's like let's look into what it takes and everything like that so she had an episode that was talking about how she got into it and then I just did a little bit of research and we just sort of started. So yeah. the biggest thing was choosing a name. I think that was like the hardest part of the process and, and sort of solidifying what we wanted the podcast to be about yeah. and what we wanted the topics to be and who we wanted this podcast to be for. Yeah, and so since we're both big music people, I think we came up with the idea of doing the playlist of life where it's us talking about our life, talking about pop culture, everything going on, but then also talking about music and our favorite music of the week and like the music that's taking us through life. Right, exactly, and we thought that the music could really be an anchor to this, and it's been working so far, and then, you know, I think one of the tips that we have is, like, to to let it grow and let it change as you go, and don't feel like it has to be perfect when you start. I mean, our episodes have evolved a lot. We still have a long way to go. I mean, we we didn't used to do a pop culture segment, and I think it's really enhanced it, and that's the stuff we want to be talking about, you know? Like, that's the stuff that Molly and I are talking about on the drive home from school, and, you know when we're getting together and it's like it's fun and it's it's can get really serious when we get into you know patriarchy and stuff like that and it can just be lighthearted. like oh it's so exciting that taylor swift met travis kelsey's brother you know yeah so i think it's a really fun mix and so we didn't start with a pop culture um segment but as the podcast grew we realized it was something we wanted to implement yeah and also like the change of our like logo and our whole like Vibe. We started with, like, this logo that, like, I think I made on Procreate recently. <laughs> I'm not an artist. But, and so we realized, like, we were maybe outgrowing that. We decided to um, pivot a little bit. And so just, like, being open to new ideas, new changes in the podcast, it'll evolve as with you. Exactly. Like, the look of the podcast at the beginning was sort of our vibe at the time. And then we realized that it just wasn't anymore. Yeah. And so we were able to change we're not, it. like, sophomores or freshman or however old we were exactly which is really crazy to think like when we started this podcast seniors in high school were these old kids who we were like scared of and like we're so crazy and like yeah was like so far away and now we're graduating in a few months don't say that please that's it's really terrifying so yeah and in terms of more logistics so we use anchor which is a um which is a website that's through spotify um and it makes it really easy you just record the podcast we just edit on um garage band really easy comes with a mac um and then you just upload the podcast to anchor you have to like it's really easy to just set up to you put in like the um title and the um description and the photo and everything like that um and then you can once you make your account on anchor you can just start posting podcasts and they go immediately to Spotify and then as you grow I think you need a certain amount of episodes or like a certain amount of listeners or something like that to then get to Apple Music yeah and so we were able to do that it makes it super easy it's 100% free we never paid a dime um 
and it's just a really great website so we'll have it linked in the description for this podcast just so if you want to get started yeah and so also like another thing that we um do is we've been like posting reels on instagram and stuff to kind of promote the um podcast and stuff and i think that's where we've gotten a lot of our listeners from like from different things on instagram posting and so I think that was definitely a good way to get us, like... Yeah, I think we definitely want to be doing more. Yeah, But I sure. think reels are a great way to grow on Instagram because um, Instagram really pushes your content out to more people. Um, something else... So my dad just happened to have this mic. I don't even know what it's from. This, like, blue mic. And we just decided to just use it. Um, like, I think that this podcasting can be a very expensive endeavor for, like, people who have studios and get a professional mics and professional cameras and everything but I think when you're just getting started in it, and for us we're just two high school seniors like just use what you have even if you're just talking straight into your computer into your fo- phone voice memos app like just get started yeah and like we're, we're recording this in my room not some fancy podcast studio exactly you don't need a lot of equipment you just need to get started and everyone has something to say and like whatever that podcast whatever that like topic is whether it's pop culture advice fitness like I feel like there's oh like everyone always so has something outlets. to say and it's just such a great outlet to be able to connect with people who feel the same way you do and have the same interests that you do yeah and so we are really glad that we did this I think it was sort of a big risk that we took to just like decide to start yeah um and we were like you know what let's just commit to this and it's grown a lot and we can't wait to years. see how much it grows more Um, Mm -hmm. something that we thought would be fun to do because we've talked about how much this podcast has changed. So if you don't know, every episode we start with the songs that we've been loving from the week and talk a little bit about why we've been loving it. Sometimes it's just, oh, I heard the song on the radio a couple times and added it to my playlist. And sometimes it has sort of sentimental value and a real reason why we decided to add it to that playlist at that time. And so what we decided to do for the end of this episode is just look through the pl- the playlist and see if there- what songs we still love and what songs we really wouldn't choose anymore. Yes. It's hard to know which one's yours and which one's mine, but I think we can figure it mm-hmm. out. So the first songs um, we ever, on the first episode, were Dog Days Are Over by Florence the Machine and This Is Me Trying by Taylor Swift. This Is Me Trying by Taylor Swift was mine because, I'm sure, because that is my favorite song. Um, and... I still agree. It's still my favorite song. Two years later. Um, what are your thoughts on Dog Days Are Over? Dog Days Are Over, I do like, but I think not as big a fan anymore. I yeah. feel like... You've evolved into country music. Okay, guys. You can see it have, with the songs. You, you low-key can, and I low-key have. Like, honestly, I, um, I think Taylor, obviously started off as country so I was listening to debut and then from there I started listening to like Noah Khan-esque right yeah now I'm low-key a big Zach Ryan fan and I feel like I'm into like this country era like I really want to go go with her to the concert (laughs) guys someone go with me to Zach Ryan (laughs) no I really want to go and nobody will go with me I don't like country music other than Noah Khan (laughs) sorry I think this overall like sort of still encompasses our um music taste I feel like we we've always been Taylor girls and we always will be um and like there's a little bit of Hamilton sprinkled in here you know that's always here yeah you got me into Noah Khan from this you were always talking about it every like episode for a while Mm -hmm. I listened to two or three songs thought they were good and then I got so into it I'm obsessed with him now so it's like my whole family I've gotten them into it 
I'm dying yeah, to go so to a concert. Yeah, so me talking about Noah, you can you can see when the Noah Khan infiltration starts. It's like dial drunk, and then it goes to like you're gonna go far if we were vampires, homesick. Like you can see when I start to like Noah Khan, and it sort of takes over. And I feel like the songs shift from your Noah Khan to mine. Mm-hmm. Which, Which is, is kind of really crazy. Cool. I do think something I've noticed is. There's a lot less Harry Styles than there used to be. Let's talk about that. Talk us through your Harry Styles un, I, unlearning phase. I still love him, but I don't listen to his music much anymore. I, he will always be one of my favorite artists, but I think he hasn't released music in so long. And I feel like his, it's just not really, it's very poppy, it's very boy bandy, and I love pop and boy bands sometimes, but it's not always the vibe. I think I've transitioned a lot more from Harry Styles to, like, boy genius like noah khan like a lot like more mellow music almost and i love harry but when he like kind of went when he wasn't really like all over social media anymore like i think as soon as he like started his european part of the tour which he was still on social media he kind of just got like far removed from me and so when he was touring and he was here he was near us i think i was very very into him and i still love him but like now he's this random bald guy who hasn't released music in a while. Like, I'm sorry, I love him, but am I wrong? Did I lie? Oh my god. This is such a fun episode. <laughs> yeah, so feel free to scroll through. I think it'd be really interesting to see, like, what songs you guys love and what songs you would put on a playlist. I feel like we should, like, listen to this on shuffle in a car and just, like, yeah. go for a drive. We'll do that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so please reach out um on instagram if you have any questions about starting a podcast we'd really love to like impart the little bit of wisdom that we've learned from doing this to you guys and the biggest thing is just start yeah like just do it like just gather friends do it by yourself and just talk into your phone and and you know figure it out as you go it's been really fun and we're just excited to see where it goes from here so yeah happy two years of the playlist of life Yay. and thank you so much for listening we'll talk to you guys thank soon you. Bye. bye